0: Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. What's up all you kitty cosplayers, puppy playmates, and big burly bears? This is Billy Persida and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Alright, alright, what is up? Welcome to the show if you're new, and hey, welcome back if you're not. If uh, this is your first time listening to my show, this is a podcast where I typically talk to women I've hooked up with about sex, dating, and why we didn't work out. However, this week's special guest is uh, not one of my former flames, like, like last week's guest, River. No, I've got on porn star Jessica Drake. Oh, my. Yes. Porn star. Uh, You know, one of the last remaining porn stars, one could argue, you know, definitely not someone I've got to like say, oh, porn performer, porn actress. No, she's a star and she's on the show this week. I cannot wait to share her with you in a bit. But first, no show dates announced right now. People no show dates uh, other than May 30th. We're going to do another fan whore Facebook live hangout at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. So that's a—it's kind of like my office hours on Facebook Live. You show up, we do some discussion topics. It's your opportunity to ask me some questions. I share some exciting things about my life with you that maybe didn't make it onto the podcast. If you don't want to miss it, make sure you like the Man Whore Podcast Facebook page, and I hope to see you all in there May 30th, 3 p.m. I've got another Man Con announcement, right? Big Man Con news. I'm going to announce another event on the itinerary for this year's Man Con. Of course, I've already announced that there's going to be a stand-up comedy show, a live Man Whore podcast recording, an exclusive after-party. Well, oh yeah, there's also going to be, we're going to bring it back, the Fan Whore Bar Crawl. Oh yeah. Following the stand-up comedy show on the first night of manhor Khan, we're going to do a little bar crawl, baby. I'm going to show you some of my favorite bars along the Lower East Side. And, of course, you can go ahead and get your weekend pass for a discounted rate of $75 at manhorpodcom tickets. Prices do go up June 3rd, so you're going to want to go ahead and get those now. Start looking up your airfare or your travel arrangements. Start looking at Airbnbs because you're, you're going to want to come to this. Dozens of fan whores are traveling all over the country and Canada to hang out for a fun-filled weekend, and you're going to want to be a part. So again, go ahead and get your weekend pass at manhorpodcom slash tickets. Uh, time for your emails, people. Got your emails to read. Okay. Uh this first one the subject line is first time with a transgender. You know, this could probably go one of uh one of two ways, right? Huh? Yeah, uh for first off, I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to say a transgender like a like it's a noun, but hey, no big deal. It comes right now from a fella named S. He writes, hey Billy. I'm an English dude living in France, and I love your podcast. I think you are doing an amazing job. Keep it up. I'm going to be subscribing to Patreon soon. I found your podcast while searching for male escorting because I'm looking to get into it when I move to Australia. I just wanted to talk about my first time with a transgender female. Billy, I met this girl on Tinder, and I thought she was gorgeous. We start chatting, and she tells me she is trans. I'm a very curious person, and so I meet up with her for coffee, and apart from my massive foot and mouth disease, we get on great. Things heat up, and we meet a second time. She is gorgeous and lovely. But after we had sex, which was really hot and great, by the way, I realized that it really wasn't my thing. So I guess I don't swing that way. Or am I just really messed up with my way of thinking? I don't know, man. Anyway, stay slutty. Lovely. S. It's fun. You know, sometimes I get these types of emails where there's a, they're like, oh, I just want to talk to you about this, but here's a bunch of other stuff in there. You're kind of like, uh, it's like, I, f- I feel like you maybe just wanted to get this off your chest. I don't know if you really needed my input on this one, but oh, well, here we go. Uh, You know, people like what they like. People don't like everything, and that's okay. My philosophy on it since college was try everything twice, because, like, you may have fucked up the first time. I decided I was going to figure out what I was into by experience. I've been with people and done things that I realized weren't for me. Like, I've been around a lot of cock, and I've never wanted one of those in me, except for Ryan Reynolds, but. I don't think I'm bisexual if I'm attracted to a god amongst men. You know, I, uh, I've tried kinky sex and I realized it wasn't for me. I went to a blow bang and realized, fuck, this is really fun. And once I shed my worries about what other people would think about me, I allowed myself to explore attractions to women who don't have mainstream media-approved bodies. So you hooked up with a trans woman. Mazel. You realized you weren't into it. That's Okay. Although it kind of it kind of seems I'm going to be honest it seems like you you were into it. Uh the this entire emo you're like she was gorgeous. We really connected in conversation. The sex was great. W- what what part of this did you not enjoy? I, it seems like you had a good time. <laughs> but hey look, even if you're not into it that's okay. That doesn't make you transphobic to not like sex with a trans woman it doesn't make you a bigot it doesn't make you closed-minded now i don't know if you weren't into sex with a trans woman period or maybe if you weren't into that kind of sex with a trans woman or if you just weren't into this particular woman uh, but also like it seems like you were really into this woman but hey only you can decide that to address your question a little bit more specifically, if, if you're messed up with your way of thinking, yeah, you're probably really messed up because we pretty much all are messed up and we're all pretty fucked up people. But like this scenario is not evidence of that. It seems like you just had a really cool time. Accept it. Uh, Good luck hooking in Australia, S. Yeah. Okay. This next email comes from J. Uh, subject line is on finding your tribe. Hey, Billy. So it's been a while. Uh, I want to ask you how you got immersed in the sex positive sphere. I joined a sex positive meetup sort of thing, but after a brief stint, realized that it just wasn't for me. We kind of had conflicting values. Needless to say, they were a bit too culty for me, so I've noped the fuck out of it. The problem is, I don't know of any other groups. I assume I'm not doing effective Google searches, and I don't expect that you know what the scene is like in my part of the world. But I really doubt that the only sex-positive group in the country that I'm in is that one. Do you have any tips for locating sex-positive groups? Cheers, Jay. The only thing I'm going to uh, note about Jay is that Jay does not live in the United States. Uh, other than that, I'm going to kind of not mention uh, geographical signifiers. But as, as many of you know, my journey into the sex sphere was super accidental. Uh, I went to one of Jefferson's Bukakis a long, long time ago that I applied to on Craigslist. I suppose I was attractive enough or well-behaved enough that I was invited to to further ones directly. And then from there, he invited me to his birthday orgy, which was hosted by Hacienda. Now, I woke up that day sick and could not attend, but it put me on Hacienda's mailing list, which all of you can go join at wearehacienda.com. It's now a public-facing organization. But about six months later, from that, I finally got it in me to attend my first real sex party. Now, parallel from that whole journey, starting this podcast eventually led me to reach out to sex positive professionals and leaders Dr. Jana, Leon Feingold, Kenneth Play, Effie Blue. Those connections begot more connections, inviting me to even more sexual events whether they be sex parties or non-play parties or workshops or whatever when you put out into the universe who you are and what you're about unapologetically it's a signal to others like you that you're safe to reach out to it's kind of like you, like a bat signal or a, like a like a pin that's a secret code it's a flare I get random people on Facebook reaching out to me about sex stuff. Why? They know I'm a safe person to talk to about it because I'm the guy always talking about sex in not the creepiest way. If you're out in your social circle about being poly, you'll likely receive poly questions, including poly disclosures from those who are not out. If you're like the public-facing kinkster, you're going to get the kink questions. It's just kind of how it works. Shoot a signal flare into the air, Jay. Then shoot up another one and another. And if you have like-minded people around you, they'll make themselves known. It's kind of like when you put GGG in your bumbo bio. Like, that's kind of your very subtle way of saying, hey, I'm sex positive. I listen to Dan Savage. I think I'm good in bed and I like to be good in bed. And then you can both be like, oh, we both know what this thing secretly means. Let's connect. I know nothing about the the sex scene in the region of the world you're in. Meetup is a great way to browse, yes. There's also Reddit. The personal section of Craigslist is still active in outside of the, the United States. Otherwise, I'm really not sure where to search. I would say search words like poly, sex positive, look for kink munches. Even if these aren't directly your things, these events could hopefully lead to other events that are maybe more what you're looking for. It's also going to depend on what you want to get out of the group. That'll determine how you should search. Are you trying to make a social change in your group? Are you looking to spread awareness? Are you looking for a sense of community, a cruising ground, whatever? There's also a value in internet groups. uh, if If you merely want a sense of community. The Champagne Room, our super secret Facebook group for Patreon members, is a place where fellow sex-positive people can interact, ask questions, share memes, and know that they are not alone. I've gotten feedback from folks who live in rural, conservative parts of the U.S., and The Champagne Room is a reprieve from living in the closet or keeping their life-loving sex-positive attitude on the DL. There are many groups like this, right? So some of them cost a dollar like mine to be in. And some are just secret groups you need to be invited to. And some are super open in public. Don't write off the potential for digital connections if community is what you're after. Because those groups are certainly a lot easier to find. And I hope that helps. Also, uh, hey, come on out to Manhorcon in August and hang out with our awesome sex positive group. Hey, yeah, that's a good start. For some of you, it's a pricier start, but hey, that's a start that I encourage. Of course, if you want to send me your comments, your questions, uh, your your naked pictures, ladies, uh, you can always shoot me an email at manwarpod at gmail.com. And now for this week's guest, Jessica Drake. Oh my, this episode is so Fantastic. This episode was uh, one of the many that was recorded in Las Vegas as part of the AVN Awards. Uh, Jessica and I talked about a lot of great things. Uh, she is, a, on top of being just a very, very noteworthy porn star, is also a certified sex educator. She's very passionate about sex education in this country. She's a very proud condom-only performer with Wicked Pictures. Uh, this is probably one of my favorite episodes from my AVN trip. This one was really something special. So I'm very excited to finally share it with you. Let's go ahead and get to talking with Jessica Drake. Uh, see what goes. I don't know. <laughs> sometimes, I usually am. <laughs> well, you know, because like, sometimes people like uh, they they want to just be polite. They think they're being like a good guest. And then uh, and then they like once the mics go off, they're like, oh, you're a fucking asshole. And I'm like, wait, what? Why don't you say it then? I don't. Because I, I, it's uh, so I don't know where I stand with people until like they say I fucking hate you. Uh, so
1: well, hopefully I don't hate you. <laughs> I hope so too.
0: I hope so too. Um, but hello, Jessica Drake. Thanks Hi. for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. We're gonna move this a little closer for you. Okay, <laughs> fantastic. Because you have such a beautiful yet soft voice. Why? Thank I wanna you. I want to make sure we catch it. Thank you. Um, yeah, you've uh, we've been trying to get you on for a bit because you had the you have this wonderful sex ed series that you put out. Yeah. Uh, Mixing sex ed with porn
1: yeah so i developed jessica drake's guide to wicked sex uh started it in like 2012 i think uh and the reason i did it was because i was doing so many appearances and signings as a wicked girl and people were asking me sex education questions um at these appearances and i was realizing that they were getting their information from porn and that's just not Real sex ed, you know, what people are seeing as a porn viewer is a, a polished, finished version of somebody's fantasy. So a lot of stuff goes on in porn that you'll never see or you'll rarely see, like, mm-hmm. like lubing up, you know, the prep that's required for anal sex, uh, consent or communication or boundary discussions. So I try to provide people with shame free, non judgmental, inclusive sex education. Um, but I also try to help them navigate porn too. And the educationals that I do are hardcore.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So like it's, uh, you can either learn or choose to jerk off yeah. with everyone exactly. you want. Yeah. I that's like that you, yeah. I like that you called it a polished finalized version, not of sex, but of someone's fantasy. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Because I mean, that's, that's what movies really are. Scenes really are. And I think what's happening with us because of all the new technology that we have I'll just say it. Kids are watching porn younger and younger, you know, and they're watching porn at a time where they don't have the emotional capabilities to process what they're seeing. Mm -hmm. And so they don't understand that that it is a polished fantasy, you know, and until we're able to sit our kids down and be like, hey, porn is cool, but it's polished fantasy and it's not how things are going to translate when you start having sex. We need some help with that.
0: Yeah, we need parents to be less terrified to talk to their stupid yeah. fucking kids. Um, uh, well, yeah, like it's a, your kid, you in talk a word, to. Him. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and so it's just such a it's such a weird thing when people go like, "How do I talk to them about it?" I don't know, just talk, yeah.
1: talk. I mean, to how, her. how can you not? I think that that's the bigger question. Mm. How can you avoid? I mean, they know how to avoid it, but like, why would you not? in light of everything that's going on. I mean schools are teaching either abstinence only education or abstinence Uh, plus uh, education. uh, We know that doesn't work. So yeah.
0: I mean I got I got zero sex ed at my school. I went to a born school like a one of those like alternative therapy type Born in school, so they were too busy getting kids like to not. I don't know, use heroin. I wasn't, by the way, there for heroin. I should probably Good, say that at some point. thank you for not using right? heroin. <laughs> yeah, uh, like they're too busy getting kids to not do that. They forgot to teach us how sex works. Yeah, they, like they, I think the whole of my education, at sex ed in high school, was once a year the guys' dorm had a meeting, and Pam Birchie would come in and explain to us the statutory rape laws of Connecticut.
1: Oh, wow. I mean, which is somewhat helpful to be fair. Perhaps yeah. that should be incorporated into sex education. <laughs>
0: yes, that should definitely be there, uh, <laughs> to know what that is and, sure. and all that jazz. But, uh, but I got no, I knew nothing. I knew nothing going on. I to was college.
1: raised Jehovah's Witness. Oh, so I did, I raised Jehovah's Witness. Uh, my family is from East Texas. I grew uh-huh. up in Texas. So abstinence only sex ed. Um, a lot of shame surrounding sex, yeah. you know, like like probably most people. Parents just couldn't talk about it. Never really saw them being affectionate. Didn't see my mom even halfway naked until I was maybe thirteen or fourteen. Are or we supposed
0: to be seeing moms halfway naked though? Well, <laughs> I, mean, I,
1: I had other friends. Mm. The the thing that made me very aware of this because when you grow up with nothing else, you don't know that it's odd, but I had other friends whose parents would maybe change clothes in front of them. I mean, not like in an exhibitionist way, but just like take off their shirt, put on another shirt, you know? And I never saw that. So when I saw it, being, that behavior being modeled in other friends' homes, I began to question kind of what was going on in mine. You know,
0: no sex ed, no yeah. birthdays, no fun. No,
1: not at all. <laughs> and and also like they would pull me out of school when kids had birthday parties because I couldn't participate in that. So it was a really bad, awkward situation all the way around.
0: So. Why is she getting presents? The devil. Right. I don't know. It's, we don't we don't mess pre- with that.
1: Pre- pretty much though. So, yeah.
0: So when did you find? Like, how did you figure out about sex ed?
1: I was an avid re- – I am an avid reader. I always have been. I was the the smart, nerdy chick in school. I'm using air quotes. I know you can't see <laughs> okay. me. But smart, smart, nerdy chick in school. Got picked on. Was in honors classes. Wore really thick glasses. But I was so curious when I started discovering my body and sex that I would go to libraries and read – what I perceived to be the most explicit erotic things that I could get my hands on. Um, I found a copy of Joy of Sex when I was probably like 12 or 13 years old. Um, and I just had all these questions that I wasn't getting the answers to. So, uh, you know, f- from then... So about halfway through my adult career, I was very much self-taught. Right. And then, well, Planned Parenthood was super helpful. Um, as soon as I learned that Planned Parenthood was a resource for people, I went in, they have pamphlets, they teach you. You know, they will talk to you about things like STIs and things that nobody else was talking right. about. Um, so that was a great resource for me. And then once I got into the business um, in the beginning, I took it upon myself to fully understand the risks of different kinds of sexual activities that I was engaging in. Mm. Uh, I decided to be a condom-only performer because it makes me feel safe. Um, I also take prep. Um, and these, these are things that I've educated myself about along the way. Mm. Um, and then since I've been a sex educator, I've taken workshops, seminars, uh, SARS. I'm a certified sex educator from San Francisco Sex Information. So, you know, I just continue to learn really. It's an ongoing process though, constantly.
0: Did you get a lot of flack for being like a condom only performer?
1: No, not in the beginning, because back then, many people made that choice. Right. Many people made that choice. We're
0: talking like mid-90s?
1: Uh No, like, I came late? in 99, 2000. 99, yeah, yeah. Um, I was probably pretty active doing movies 2000, 2001, right. and many studios were using condoms, many performers were using condoms. We had just had um, an HIV case, in the uh, in, in the industry back then where all of the major studios decided that they wanted to go condom only and then when they saw that it was affecting their bottom line the majority of them switched wicked pictures did not we remain to this day and we're in our 25th year um the only company in the heterosexual adult industry that's still condom only
0: so, that's fantastic
1: yeah i think so i like it i think it speaks to um to caring about performers and just keeping people safe.
0: Do you get performers who don't want to shoot with Wicked because of that reason?
1: No, not very often. But I do as a director. I have experienced performers who, after a certain amount of time, want to take the condoms off because they, at that point, have become uncomfortable. So, so,
0: so like wait, so like during the shoot they'll take them off and then it becomes a condomless shoot, or like no, do you just edit some edit? Oh, no, there's a stop. They, they stop. So like we're good. A, we're good now. Yeah,
1: because I, as a director, I I just can't let people have sex without a condom. Not sure. Myself, yeah. So.
0: So, yeah. then, so that just becomes a case of like, okay, I hope you got it because this, yeah. this closed down now.
1: Yeah, I mean, it could. It, it all depends on the performer.
0: Okay, so, fair enough. I mean, now, how did you feel about the Prop 60 campaign?
1: I completely opposed Prop 60. Even though you are a... Absolutely, yeah. because I think it, it definitely speaks to bodily autonomy and the government mandating what we as performers are doing. But without consulting us, like we... I mean we defeated Prop 60 and that was awesome. Like the
0: only good part right, of that day. Right right
1: right. We defeated <laughs> yeah, tell me about yeah. it. I was I was sick and briefly happy but mostly sick on my couch that night as I was watching everything. Yeah, so we My we,
0: girlfriend was insisting on sleeping on the floor. It's like, "No, no, no. He didn't he didn't make that a law yet, okay? So yeah, you can <laughs> still sleep in the bed right yeah. now." <laughs> Cuz she was crying there. She, yeah, she just was, ended up there. I she's know. like, "No, I'm sleeping on the floor. I'm yeah. sli- no." <laughs> and so the next day, like I, for, I was like, "Oh, this sucks." Oh, did Prop sixty pass or not? Like right. I'm looking for. Right. You're looking for something.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, that that was the, the little piece of goodness in in that whole horrible situation. But. So we defeated Prop 60 because we really came together as an industry. Like, I feel like people like Julie Ann and Susie Q from Free Speech mm-hmm. and just so, so many other performers really, really got together and spoke out. We got up early in the morning and we went to Cal OSHA hearings and we went to court over this and we gave our side of the story. And we're, we're just really trying to say nothing about us without us. Like, the adult industry is such a... Very important a, to
0: make those things rhyme. That was uh, a, fantastic.
1: I know, right? Well, you know, when you're marching, yeah. it helps when you say that. But when when you're talking about the adult industry and our jobs are so different than any other job, but yet when you see, say, pro fighting or something like that and they're pummeling each other and there's blood flying everywhere, like I think that every industry like that that has a bodily fluid risk, you need to work with the people within that industry mm-hmm. and give them options and make them feel safe And protect them that way as opposed to strictly mandating condoms because condoms don't protect against things like syphilis or herpes and other STIs, and condoms break and people don't use them right and people want to take them off and and so on. And so I'm really passionate about that. Um, Measure B came before our process. That was the one that's just
0: LA though, right? Yeah, like county. County.
1: That passed because we couldn't get our shit together. Like we just could like the, the industry, I think we. We just didn't think it was gonna happen. So no one really tried so hard until with like, the final push.
0: And Oh, they- doesn't that sound familiar? <laughs> yeah. I, exactly. I, I I told you I would go there, but like it's just such a, such a <laughs> no, parallel.
1: Go there. But
0: then it means like oh, hey, there's a hope for hope for the next time we like, oh, we're gonna get together and well, I mean, fix that's the thing. that's what
1: happened with Prop 60, yeah. though. You know. So um and also we're doing we're doing battle. It's like an ongoing battle with the AHF, the AIDS Healthcare Foundation, because These folks are super, super sneaky at the, um, at one of the Prop 60 hearings, they had hired homeless folks by giving them gift cards and vouchers, which on one hand is is an awesome thing to help homeless people, right? But these people had no idea what they were showing up for. They all filed into the courtroom. And when the guy in charge at the AHF said, uh, put on these shirts, they put on the shirts and it said support Prop 60. And they all stood up in the courtroom and there were like, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 of them. And they were taking pictures and like they were doing this big thing, right? Uh, But AHF is just shady. The way that Measure B got on the ballot initially is that they also got homeless folks, uh, volunteers and other people to stand outside of grocery stores to get names on a petition to get it on the ballot to begin with. That's how it got there and the way they worded on the ballot is like do you support safer sex in porn? And somebody's gonna read that and be like, "Of course, yeah. of course, I why do. not? I want to protect those porn people yeah. that I'm jerking off. To. I can't,
0: I can't keep jerking off to them if they die. Right. I mean, well, I can, but it's just weird. Uh, it's an you know, awkward. You ever, you ever watch a porn when someone like who's passed away? You go like, "Oh, this feels wrong. No, just, there's, no. Like, there's a, there's I have a, a comedian buddy uh, who used to be a um, a copywriter at um, I think I like Pornhub or something, and he he said that there's a whole website. Just of like the passed away performers from like the decades oh, wow. to just be able to watch someone who died in like eighty two. Oh
1: my god! You can watch the movie. It would make me sad. It would make me really. Yeah, sad. I'd be like, oh no. <laughs>
0: but everyone's got their thing. So sorry, yeah. you were saying. Yeah,
1: true. Everybody has their thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, but
0: the, the way it's wording was tricky because yeah. like my cousin, uh, she's in California, and the morning of the election, she texted me. She's like, hey, I saw you tweeting and posting so much about. This prop sixty thing. Can you tell me which way I'm yes. supposed to be on it? Because it looks like that. Can you tell me why it's not cool? Right. And then I told her things, just like, great, I'll tell all my friends. And awesome. as, as soon as people knew what the fuck it was, right?
1: And then they understood it a little more. I mean, we were going to college campuses and telling people we were going to get people to sign up to vote, just so they could understand it and take part in it. You know, um, it, it, yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a bit of a disaster, but we ended up, because of all of the outreach and the hard work that we did, we defeated Prop 60, so...
0: And that was fantastic. And I love how you said, like, you saw, like, the community, uh, sorts of come together. Yeah. Um, because, like, I definitely noticed that And I, I didn't, like, follow porn stars before I started this show, like, a few years ago. Uh, all of a sudden, my Twitter feed has, like, a lot of nudity. So when I'm in public on the subway, oh, I'm, like. Oh, my God. I, I know. Right? You go, like.
1: At the grocery store, people are behind you. And then all of a sudden, it's a DP on your screen. I know. I'm, like, this no, insane. this is research. This Six. is,
0: um, I don't know. I'm the only person who does research with lotion. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but I would notice through my feeds, like, just really, this, uh, like, an onslaught for months. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was really cool. And, and it's nice to see when, like, communities like that, like, uh, the same profession can come together. Okay. Like when, I don't know, when all the stuff with, uh, the, you know, the comedy communities had its fair share of, uh, you know, sexual assault uh, stuff going on and sure. to see, like, all, like, comedians come together. Yeah. about that type of stuff. I think that's really fun. Like, Me when too. did you feel part of, like, the porn community, so to speak?
1: Well, when I came in, it was such a different time. I think the, the porn community already existed back then. Uh, I was fortunate enough to come in with a really great group of people. Um, do you know the name Sidney Steele? Uh, From back in the day, but she. Was I also
0: a- I also don't normally make it to the end credits to f- remember everyone's <laughs> names. Um,
1: okay, points. Anyway, so Sydney Steele, her husband, uh, his name is Michael Raven. Um, they had their their whole crew with them. I met them. They had gone to Texas to cover uh, an event that was happening out there. I met them. I was interested in getting into the industry, and they sat me down and they told me, "Hey, this can be great, and there are all kinds of opportunities, but it will always." Come back on you and it will always affect the way that some people think about you and the way they talk to you and the way they talk about you and relate to you. Um, but they gave me a really good understanding of what I was about to do before I did it. Um, so in that sense, I think I was already a part of that community. And then as the years progressed, I was, look, I'm, I'm always the girl at Wicked that organizes the food drive every Aww. year. Um, I, I lead. Team Wicked in AIDS Walk LA, which benefits APLA, AIDS Research Prevention and Cure. And over the past six years, I think we've raised about $100,000 for them. Um, I've always felt compelled to do stuff like that. I did it before I got into porn. And uh-huh. I think that that just, the, the propensity for me to engage in things like that just remained. It's not that it came when I was in porn. <laughs> ha ha,
0: ha. Um, <laughs> If there was a porn PTA, like you'd be president. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, like you'd be just like... would at least be on the board. <laughs> yeah, you're you on the know? board. Getting the bake so. sale put together. But
1: I mean, I think, I think when we do have a sense of community, especially because we are such a marginalized group, like when you talk about sex workers and the lack of sex worker rights, we feel like kind of like outlaws because of the way that we're not completely accepted by society. And we can say mainstream has gotten so much more accepting of us because we are now seen everywhere. Mm. But the reality is we're still getting our bank accounts shut down. We're still losing custody of our kids. You know, I mean, it can still be used against us, our profession, and we have zero exit strategy. So if, and I'm using air quotes here because I I don't agree with this terminology, but like when sex workers are told to get a real job, okay, yeah. so then we stop doing what we're doing. We get some type of an education. We go and pursue a career that we want. We're doing that career, and we get out at it. Work for porn, and then we get fired. So we have no exit strategies here.
0: What do you want? To, it's like the slut shame. It's like stop yeah. fucking dudes. You stop fucking, stop fucking the dudes, Then they go like, "Why aren't you fucking right. me?
1: You told me not to. Right. What? I can't win here. It's a, yeah, exactly. It's a it's a lose lose situation now. But I do see progress be- being made, and we are stronger as a community. And I hope that continues.
0: Yeah. Um, I think that's where, where, where the advocacy, like with, you seem to have such passion for HIV and AIDS uh, I prevention do. and research. Uh, did that come from a place? Did you, did you maybe lose someone during the crisis? I
1: didn't lose anyone, but I had two instances happen to me during my entire career. Um, one in 2004, I was almost on a quarantine list. And I know that sounds weird to be almost and to take it so seriously. Um, but what what,
0: what what is a quarantine? List? I'm going to tell oh, you.
1: Um, so what what happens? We we have a pass system that we use that will show if a performer is available to work or not available to work. But if a performer tests positive for HIV, we put a hold on production. So we it, we call it a moratorium, and that performer that tests positive. We try to not we like we all the performers, but the, the doctor that, that they're dealing with. Um, make a list of the people that they've had sex with mm-hmm. and make a list of the people that those people have had sex with. And it gets tricky when you, you never know what people are doing off camera. So even if you can track scenes, I mean, what did you do last night? It's okay. You don't have to tell me, yeah. but you know what I mean? Like nobody ever really knows. So. I got a phone call because I had worked with what we would call a first generation exposure. And you just, not that it is a death sentence and now there's so much more of an education Mm -hmm. about it, but that was 2004 and I was not as knowledgeable about HIV as I am now. But still, you get a sinking feeling in the pit of your stomach and immediately your mind goes to, oh my God, I'm going to die. So it was discovered that I had actually worked with that performer four days before they worked with the person that was HIV positive, but it still made a really big impact on me, obviously. And then um, in the last instance that we had, I was supposed to work that day with the person that is hiv positive
0: that's like that night the 911 stories like i was going to go to the work but i was running late i missed the train and otherwise it would have been in the tower
1: i can send you pictures i was supposed to be on an airplane flying into new york on 911 for Ugh. dance booking so yeah damn my luck uh, but i mean i didn't get You're, on the plane you have
0: great luck you keep just missing it sure. just enough to freak out but, uh, but i
1: really freaked out yeah, like I, I really freaked out because i had I just, I was begging the person to come to work because I didn't know. And all I knew was that they were late for set. And I'm calling them and I'm texting them and I don't know what's going on. And later that comes out. And I realized at that moment, they knew and they weren't telling me. Also, they weren't coming to work to be fair, yeah. but it just really made me think about. I mean, even though I'm a condom-only performer, I do things like anal, DPs, group sex, facials, get come in my eye, like all that stuff. Like, I have very extreme sex. Condoms don't always work, and you're not having condoms on your eyes, and you're not having a condom on the dick when you guys coming. So, it still really affected me, and so that's why I became super passionate about it as a performer. I think it's. I mean, as a performer i think it's extremely important as a human being being, i think it's extremely important you know i've been to kenya tanzania um south africa a few times note the higher rates of hiv due to lack of education you know lack of resources and i just think this is such an important thing to be involved in Mm. so yeah super passionate about it also really like to (coughs) to like feed people and educate people and give them fresh water
0: that that period um in the, the 2004 incident like uh how long from first knowing that there was a possible exposure to finding out it was four days before he, that person was exposed few days so for a few days you're sitting mm-hmm. with this and and then you in that few days, like you have to go, you go get tested yourself and.
1: Well, here's the other thing. I was actually out of town for a funeral.
0: Okay. Oh, Jesus.
1: So I'm not in an area (laughs) with a reliable testing facility. Right. And I don't want to walk into a community health clinic and tell them why I need a random AIDS test right then and there. Um, So yeah, I had to finish that trip. Uh, You know what? I think I actually got the call two days in Mm The, the dates weren't matching up, and I mean, I knew from my calendar when I had worked with the person, but what I wasn't privy to was when they had worked with the person. So,
0: and, and just what goes through your head like, obviously, there's a sinking feeling you describe, but I yeah. mean, what like, what do you even do in the day? Like, so someone tells me, like, yeah, it's like, what are you gonna go work out? I, I don't know, maybe I'm gonna die tomorrow. Why, why bother?
1: Yeah, but I mean, the reality is, HIV isn't a death sentence, the sooner you uh, test positive the sooner you can do something about it. You can be super proactive about it. Right, but in people,
0: 2004 it wasn't right, that we know that today that. we're all like, oh, you've sure. yeah, got drugs and we got right. things prolonging lives. But in sure. 2004 it was still kind of a. I didn't
1: really eat for <sighs> two days. Uh, I had no appetite at all. Didn't sleep really well. Definitely stressed out. But, but then at the same time I also analyzed My personal level of risk, which is something I've always done when I've been in the industry. I think that we should, as performers, take a look at the sex act that we're doing and assign it to this, like, risk continuum, right? Like, depending on what it is, if it's a masturbation scene, it's here. If it's unprotected anal sex, it's over here, you know, and just decide what it is we're comfortable with and what chances we have of exposure to HIV and STIs. And then I think we should act accordingly. And that's why I think everybody's going to be really different on their approach. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think that Cal ocean needs to be listening to us as performers, because just telling people about the conduct, that, that that's not going to work. Um So, I mean, I think, it, I think it's just, I don't know. I get really worked up about it. I think, the, I think about the times that I did spend thinking about it and I analyzed that scene and, in 2004, it happened to have been, at that point, one of the better scenes I had done. Like, it really oh. stood out in my mind. as f- just a fucking amazing scene. And I was like, oh, yeah, but we did this. Did we do this? No. No, we didn't do that, but we did do this. Okay.
0: So Ooh, did he do did do, do that. that, though. Yeah, mm. we did do that. You <laughs> oh, know? So glad in, we did in, that one.
1: In my mind, I was calculating yeah. risk, even though you know, penetrative vaginal sex with a condom, uh facial ejaculation like there is some risk there but it's on the lower side mm-hmm. still it's all yeah it's all so relieved to get that phone call oh like, Jesus
0: yeah what was that feeling
1: just relief yeah just I just went outside I was um uh I was up north but still in the US and I I just was outside it was April I think and I was just standing outside in the cold crisp air just thinking how lucky I am
0: did your personal, what What about your life changed, if anything, after that? Like the way you carried was, out your life? I
1: was scared for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was scared for a while. And then I felt a lot of compassion for the people that actually were a part of the quarantine because yeah. I was like, you know, there are still people that are being tested and waiting to test again because they did work with the person, you know? And I I just felt like, how do those people feel right now? And I reached out to a couple of them, Yeah, you know?
0: How long till you started working again after that?
1: That's a really great question. Um I was under contract. I'm gonna say maybe a month or two, a couple months. Yeah. That's,
0: that's significant couple in, in the in the porn yeah. industry, right? That, well I mean, yeah, to but not I'm, work I'm, for I'm, two months.
1: But I'm under contract. So I was only shooting six, seven <laughs> movies a year. So oh. that's about how often we shoot anyway. So
0: Okay, okay. Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've, you know what, I've never I don't think I've ever really talked about this before, so congrats.
0: Oh, uh, thank you, thank <laughs> good, you, good I'm, uh, thank you for sharing. Great I questions. appreciate being open. Well, you know, it's just it's just such a thing I can't relate to, and it's the the fear. I mean, I I know we're slightly different generations, so I think my. Generation was like it's uh not a death sentence, but like yeah. you really don't want it. And right. I think the one below us is now focusing on teaching, like, well, when they get taught, if they get taught. Sure. Well, now they know that you don't like it's not a, hey you're gonna die next week thing. Right. But I think like it, if you were getting raised in the in the '90s or yeah. the '80s, you're freaking out absolutely because um, that's all that it was. Yeah. No one fucking knew. There's I, a lot I of fear. I remember asking my parents, I was like, what What was that like? Because my parents were born in the early '60s, so they're you know they're starting to have sex in the um, they're in their early twenties, like when everything started kind of happening. And I was like, what was going on? Like, what was, I don't know, dating life like right, in right. that era? Like, we, you know, my, what, what, what to do? Um, like, do you, do you fuck less? Do you fuck, um, very specific people? I don't know. It's, yeah. it's an era I can't imagine.
1: And it did also make me pretty cautious in my personal life, but it also again reinforced the, the thinking that you never really know what anybody does off camera. Yeah. You know, so.
0: I mean, most of sex, and uh, with safer sex practices, is mitigating your risk. It's all risk reward. Yeah. Because, uh, so like the play party I go to, uh, they have a, you have a look on your face. Like, you're like, they invite this guy to an orgy? No, what? no I'm um, like, yay,
1: play parties. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: the one I go to, they do a, a mandatory... Workshop, uh, like consent workshop and play party etiquette workshop, like before the party. If it's your first time.
1: Yes. Yes, which is yes, fantastic. That should always be done. Yeah, it's your
0: first time. And, and since I've brought like partners to the party and say their first time, I end up having to go, even though I'm in the back, like the cool kid, like, yeah, I already know this stuff. I'm cool. I'm <laughs> fine. um uh, <laughs> But, but, uh, so Effie Blue, you know, something great that she'll say is, uh, there's no such thing as safe sex. Yeah. It's safe first sex. Absolutely. And so you just have to decide what you're like, she'll go into as much as, Make sure you wash your hands in between fingering different yeah. people, or or pick a hand for like uh, for girl A and girl B, or person A, person B, I yes, should say, because pussy yeah. and ass. Yes, yes, yes don't yes. mix them. Um, love it. And love so I'm ver- like I'm very mindful of like uh if if my girlfriend's gonna like finger my ass, like let's put a glove on there, please, so that you can quickly take it off and touch my face again. Otherwise, I'm just going to be thinking about it the whole yes, time. Yes, <laughs>
1: and I hope you talk about this all the
0: time. Uh, all the time. Yes. I talk about fingers in my ass all the yeah, time. Well, oh, yes, okay. No. That uh, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, and, and I think that's really important because I think so many yeah. people with casual sex and, and it's great that people are exploring casual sex more now, right? Yeah, for sure. But at the same time, they're like, oh, well, you have to be uh, super clean and this and that and we have to do these and they don't even know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. I would look at Craigslist ads. I do Craigslist ads. Um, I, I, go, I look at Craigslist ads and people put uh it's such a fucking sticking point for me. They'll go like you have to be uh DDF and drug free and I'm like that it, it, it DDF means drug and disease free and they're ju- but they just see another post of so these copy and paste not knowing what they're right. asking about yeah. or well, for
1: a clean versus dirty that really gets to me. yeah, it really gets to me must be must have a clean test no specify what you mean yes. <laughs> you know not clean versus dirty and like, when you
0: like, ask like do you have any STIs like what do you mean by that because right. like do you mean like do you get a cold sore What? because like, I get a cold sore once a year so technically mm-hmm. you could say I've got herpes Um, as does like 80% of the population yeah. and most people will be like well, I mean, I didn't mean that's not the real herpes. I'm like, right. no, but it is. So, like, know what you're asking for. Thanks. Do you know that, like, gonorrhea and chlamydia can be oral and therefore – and that's not get included snubbed. in – Yeah, it's yeah. not in the standard STI panel. So, unless you ask for it. So, when you say, did you get tested, the fuck does that mean, did you get tested? You should ask. Oh, did, I like you. Oh, my gosh. I like you, too. Um uh, <laughs>
1: You. I didn't think I was gonna hate you. No, but I was kinda worried though <laughs> when you said it. When you started off like that, I'm like, huh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just look, I've pissed off some demisexual communities uh, sometimes. Now. Huh? Why? Uh, because you know, I had on uh this woman a couple years ago who runs an asexual meetup group in New York, and she says, Oh, I didn't want to talk about this and that, and demi falls under their umbrella, like the ace umbrella. And I have a thing with the label being like it sounds not like a Orient it sounds like an orientation that's always been and it just uh, it, i have a thing with it where i'm like i don't think i just think that means you're, you're sexual but not very and you know you know society that's starting to become way more comfortable with casual sex there are some people being left out because they don't like casual sex right. i think that's fine and fantastic and people need to accept and validate you for that but i don't know if you need a march but that's just me. <laughs>
1: and it is your opinion. Yeah. And I think that's su- super fair to say that it, that is your opinion. And so I give yeah.
0: that little, that talk in the beginning uh, before I, I record, cause I go like, you can disagree with me. You don't yeah. have to like just uh, smile and nod and leave and tweet about me. That's helpful. So, yeah. That's super
1: helpful. <laughs>
0: but yeah, so on the safer sex stuff, I think just people need to get educated and just know what to ask for. Yeah. And I think it's cool. So you all cover STIs in the the wicked guide to sex that y'all do. So
1: that's still more, for the most part, that's been an off-camera discussion. Because you got to make that
0: sexy somehow, right, I guess.
1: Exactly. <laughs> um, but what I'm thinking of doing, well, I'm actually doing it, though I can't announce the name of it sure. yet. I'm working with an online platform to provide people with more maybe medically based sex information. So it will be more STI HIV related,
0: but like Um, she's wearing a corset. So it's still hot.
1: Right. (laughs) right. Maybe (laughs) we'll do something like that, you know, to keep people's attention. Yes. Um, But on my sets, I definitely do show on camera lube, um, performers asking for more lube, performers checking in with performers to make sure that the ongoing mm-hmm. consent is being dealt with. Uh, I show consent negotiations. I show boundary discussions when I shot BDSM for beginners. The reason I shot it was because of Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. The I share your opinion. Um, but I was envisioning because I think they all come out on Valentine's Day. I know there's like a new one coming out and I think that's like their MO. They release them on Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah. So, In my mind, I envision people having date night, going to see this in the theaters, uh, going home, beating the shit out of one another in a bad way Mm -hmm. and getting hurt and getting stuff stuck in them. So that's why I did BDSM for Beginners because I talk about things like safe words and consent and discussion yeah. first, you know, and then I talk about how to tie people up without causing nerve damage and how to hit them without damaging organs and things like that, you know? So all of them have some really practical information in them. And the more I grow as an educator, the less I gender them. I didn't know any better in the beginning. Sure. I don't think rarely do any of us know in the beginning, um, but I, I, also plan on including trans folk down the line. I shot a scene in my showcase, Jessica Drake is Wicked, with three trans women, and that's the first time that our company in 25 years has ever done anything like that. Uh, we also sponsor the Trans Awards, and we have for three years now. So I've tried to integrate myself within their community um, because I have a few friends who are trans in various stages of their journeys and. I've always wanted to work with a trans woman on camera. Um, I have off camera and not that it was work. That was,
0: that was going to be my, that was going to be my follow up question was, uh, was, was if you had (laughs) fooled around with trans women off, but
1: yes, I have. Um, and for me, it was just something that I really wanted to put in the showcase movie. A showcase movie is, uh, means that I'm featured in every single scene and it's sort of like a, a big deal. Um, okay. So, I had sex with 18 people in this movie, the majority of which I had never had sex with before. So, more people than I had had sex with in like, well, a, a number of years. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but all, like, like, in this whole, in the same movie, all this amazing sex took place. I am most proud of the trans scene. Uh, Venus Lux, Aubrey Kate. I had
0: Venus Lux. Uh, we talked to her a few oh, nights ago. I love ago. her. So cool. I love cool. her.
1: So she, she's my friend. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, both Aubrey Kate and Domino Presley, I had huge crushes on and I was very curious about them and just really admired them for different reasons. And I asked all of them to do the scene with me. And I had been asking Venus for a couple of years. I was like, would you ever be interested? in doing this with me. Like I don't I don't really know how that would look or how we would pull it off or what we would do, but I want to do it with you. And she was like, "Yeah. Let's see what we can do." And then as the years progressed, I was like, "Now I want to put it in the showcase and now I want it to be a four-way girls' Well, wait, wait, you
0: talked about it for forever and never did it. Is it yeah. the brunch that just never comes together kind but like, of. "Hey, we should do brunch. We should talk to- uh, never like 3 years later you finally get the five chicks together for but, brunch."
1: Yeah, but there were so many reasons like we are branded or we have been branded in our 25 years as a heteronormative softer company, mm-hmm. you know? Um, throughout the past maybe three or four years, I think that envelope has been pushed a little bit and mm-hmm. I'd like to think I had something to do with it. Um, I, did
0: y'all get pushback from fans about when you know, when you put in doing your first scene with a uh, trans woman?
1: So this is what's really interesting. Um, when we were going into production, we, we didn't really know what to expect because obviously everybody's coming from a different place and has different abilities. Um, So we definitely had that pre-scene meeting, which was so cool. Um, I like this. I don't like this. Don't do this. This works. This doesn't work for me. Um, when we started the scene, our crew was a little like standoffish or hesitant because you're, you've got a room full of maybe straight cis men you know who are like some
0: guy with a you know a a grip uncomfortable
1: right they're uncomfortable and the crew completely got into it everybody that was there by the probably middle of the scene everybody was like wow I was like a kid in a candy store like it was Christmas for me (laughs) I couldn't get enough of it Um, I could have done the scene for seven hours easily Uh, it's beautiful uh, it was it was one of the greatest things. But then when we went into post-production and the scene is in editing, there was so much discussion. Do we put the scene on the DVD because we still sell DVDs as a product? Yeah. And then do we just make the scene available online, or do we put a disclaimer before the scene on the DVD? Oh, I, I exactly that's that was my face.
0: that's not a yeah, that, that would was my be.
1: face. I said, why are you gonna tell people how they should feel about it? Why are you going to warn them that this might be upsetting? Don't even put that thought in their head. Just let them watch the scene for what it is. All of the scenes in my showcase have a name. The name of that scene is Beauty because there's just so much beauty in that scene. And it did go on the DVD, I begged. And it does not have a disclaimer. And initially there were a few distributors of ours that were reluctant to take the movie. Mm. Um, there was also a chain of stores that didn't know if they wanted to take the movie. Um, They saw some still images from the scene. They thought about it, and they heard about it, and everybody took the movie. Yeah. Like, everybody wanted the movie, and the feedback is fantastic. I've gotten so much great feedback from fans that are like, I would never have walked into the... And they'll use a derogatory term, mm. and I can't stand it. But they're like... I would never walk into the trans section and pick up a movie, but I watched this movie and I loved it and it got me off and I shared it with my partner and they liked it too. And now I'm interested in all different kinds of porn and that's exactly what I want to do. Like I want to challenge people. I want to challenge what they think is sexy what that means to them, why we think the way that we do, and why can't we get out of our boxes sometimes?
0: That would be great because you know mainstream porn doesn't have the uh, you know doesn't always have the best rep when it comes to including more niche looks or alternative looks yeah. or trans performers yeah. or non-binary performers, and you know the uh, the woman I'm. I'm in a hotel suite where they're, you know, she's shooting porn scenes of her own. Nice. Um, yeah, like yesterday, I just got to like casually watch her, you know, do, shoot a clip with someone before I went off to go do some interviews. That's cool. Um, I was like, awesome. And, but like, she's like a very queer woman and she's kind of feeling weird here at AVN. Um, yeah. because it's just, she's like, it doesn't speak to me as like a queer chick. I, I just, hope she comes back blood. though,
1: because I am hearing from other performers that they are are now starting to feel like they have a place here. Yeah. And I think that started maybe last year. I think Avian is definitely making an effort to be more inclusive. We just need more queer performers and non-binary performers to, to just keep showing up. And we have trans performers that are signing in different booths on the show floor. Yeah. I think that's the way it should be. You know, I really do. I just want to encourage them to, to keep coming out because Mm. that's the way we're going to strengthen that community here within because we're going to accept it.
0: Time for the fan whore appreciation moment. All right. This is the part of the podcast where I like to give a little bit of a shout out to some of the members of my fan whore community on Patreon. Patreon is the best way you can support me and the man whore podcast. Uh, That is literally what is keeping a roof over my head right this very second. Membership comes with a slew of great rewards, including a shout-out on this very show. So right now, I want to say thank you oh so much. Show my gratitude to Jess Nisala. I hope I'm saying that right. I'm so sorry. Took a little peek, and I was just like, ooh, wow. A woman with, like, a fun hairdo who could install my new speakers. Be still my heart. Oh, thank you so much for your support, Shout out to Carl Wyatt and the rest of my Southern delegation. You know who you are. You know where you are. And I cannot wait to meet you finally at Manhorkon in August. Yeah. Thank you also to Thomas Sissons. Oh, uh, you know, this is this one of my this guy is part of the British crew, the British fan whoredom. And, you know, I love, I, I'm not going to read this address, but I love British addresses because they just sound so magical. There's like, they all sound like they could have come out of a Harry Potter book. It's just like, oh, and I live at 3232 Dumbledore, Wispy Hair Drive in Puppy Play Shire, England. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. I, I just want to go to your address and take a nap. That sounds great. Thank you for your support. And you, too, can become a member of our fan whore community for as little as $1 per month. Every dollar matters. Every dollar counts. I've said this many times before. If every single one of my listeners pledged just $1 per month, I would be sitting quite pretty. All you got to do to join is go to patreon.com slash podcast. That's patreon.com slash man whore podcast support the show that you love oh so much help keep it going strong four years later but for now let's go ahead and wrap up with jessica drake my suggestion maybe is uh almost if avn reached out to these more indie bay area type of you know production companies like if we saw like like i would love to see crash pad series have a booth at AVM, as would I,
1: right? They, I have a crush have, on Jizz. Jizz Jiz is They're great. They're so hot. Um, They're I'm, so hot.
0: There's a few. There's a few on there. That's it's pretty nice. Yeah. Well, I started doing a thing. I had to stop because I. Uh, where do you live? New York City.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah,
0: I'm actually, but I'm going to San Francisco uh, on Monday for a week. So oh,
1: be, I love it. That, that's where I yeah. did all my training for Swissy. Yeah. Um, It's a six-week course and I would just keep going out there and stay and I just met so many wonderful people and like resources and communities and we forget. Like I think being from Texas, I realize how accepting LA is and then I go to San Francisco and I'm like, oh, this is so much better. I love it so much. And then I'll go back to somewhere like not San Francisco or LA and I realize that I take our bubble for granted. Yeah. You
0: know, I mean, I, uh, I was doing this thing where I'm I'm restarting it this month because I I had a money issue, but then, uh, so this month, uh, this year it's every month, just trying to encourage people to pay for some. It's not even hashtag pay for your porn anymore. I, I like the joke. It's like hashtag pay for some of your porn. Pay for something. Oh, I, I last like,
1: night I told him to pay for half their porn. I swear yeah. to you, I was
0: like anything. Even if it's like a couple hundred dollars a year that you're committing to that. Um, yeah. like I did a I did a porn with Sarah J and Siri like three years ago. It was the last time I was in Vegas. I did their team BJ oh, thing cool. that they did. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm sitting there with these dudes who I'm not there as a fan. Like I was there. Like I didn't know their names before I saw the news item. I was there because uh, I was going to do the the movie and then the next day have Sarah J on the podcast. And I'm talking to these guys who all of them are fucking diehard fans. Sure. And I was like asking about their budgets. And like these a lot of these dudes had like porn budgets each month. They're like, here's how much per month is for porn. Yep. And here's how I distribute it. And like this $50 goes to – I change it up every month. Uh, so what I'm trying to do is every month – I encourage people – I'm going to encourage people to pay for porn and be like, I'm going to have a membership to a different site. So I'll take like $25, $35, $40 and uh, pick a site to have a membership to for a month. And then like I'll talk about it. And the first one I did with was Crash Band Series mostly because I think like eight or nine uh, guests of this podcast have shot with them. So I was like, that seemed like a good place to start. And it's very queer, obviously. It's very much not made for my face. Um, (laughs) And I was so shocked at how into it I ended up being. And uh it, it really brought in my horizons to like the type of porn to check out. I love it. Yeah. And so, you know, I would love to see these alternative sort of uh production companies at AVN. I think that would help make it so inclusive. I think it's a and fantastic Because with those companies brings the different types of performers and different yeah. looks. You'll get more yes. chicks with septum piercings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like those guys on the floor don't like them.
1: Right, I know. AVN just
0: ain't offering them.
1: Yeah, it's would, so true.
0: That's fantastic. Um, Jessica, holy shit. I had so much fun talking to you. You're awesome. Um, Yeah. So cool. (laughs) Uh, fantastic. Where, so where should people go, uh, to find your stuff, to find your work?
1: So. maybe people want to pay for their porn on yeah. wicked.com wicked.com is where you can find all of my stuff. I've been exclusive with wicked for over a decade. So everything that I've done is there. Uh, also the educationals are also on wicked.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have guide to wickedsex.com. It's a website that supports the line of educationals and you can find me on Twitter at the Jessica Drake and I'm on Instagram, Jessica Drake, and you can follow wicked pictures at wicked pictures and also the guides are guide to the number two wicked sex on twitter
0: that's fantastic and what what's the name of that the the showcase with that scene because again it's jessica
1: drake is wicked jessica Drake Jessica drake is wicked and i did one other big movie this year called inconvenient mistress and both of them are nominated for a ton of stuff at the
0: avian awards yeah. Which is
1: tomorrow night. How is that happening? So
0: exciting. Oh my I'm gosh. so jealous of everyone who gets to go. Uh, I've been trying to be like, hey, yo, who do I who I have to blow to get into this thing? I was Aww. like,
1: <laughs> really? I, I think they're being tight with tickets.
0: They are being tight with tickets, but I was like, oh, I'll hang out with the bar. Yeah. Um, but oh my God, thank you so much for talking to me. I want you to say goodbye to everybody.
1: Thank you. And thanks for listening, y'all. More of me to come. Mwah. <laughs>
0: An exclusive. Ooh yeah. Ah, uh, felt so drained after my conversation with Jessica. She is such a delight. Uh that little part where she goes, like, I like you. I just I just played it on loop over and over. She was like, I like you. I like you. And I'm just like, ah, this is like Nina Hartley all over again. Uh thanks again to Jessica. Uh for for just such a fantastic conversation and for being so open. Of course, I want to know what you thought about this week's show. Give it a little bit of a shout-out on the social media. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at TheBillyProceda. You should all go like the manhor Podcast Facebook fan page. We're posting a lot of great articles and memes and things over there. We're going live. We're doing the stuff. And, of course, if you want to say something a little bit more privately, a little bit longer in length, you can shoot me an email at manhorpod@gmail.com. at gmail.com. We got this tweet from at SL underscore Muller. The look you get. It's the uh, it's the embarrassed emojis. Uh, and it says the look you give your students and boss when your man whore podcast intro begins and blares while you're proctoring an AP exam at school. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Love it. Give them a new kind of education. Shout out to Stephanie over there. Uh, I do hope to meet a ton of y'all at ManhorCon this August. Go get your weekend pass before tickets go up on June 3rd. You can still get your early bird discount at slash tickets. Last but certainly not least, the best way you can support this podcast is by becoming a member of my fanhor community on Patreon. Not only do you get a shout out on the show, not only are you helping me, not only do you get access to nearly 100 bonus episodes, you also get access to our super secret Facebook group, our sex positive community, The Champagne Room. That's right, people. Head on over to patreon.com slash Podcast to join today. Again, that's Patreon patreon.com slash Podcast. Thanks, as always, for tuning in, everybody. Can't wait to bring you a great new one next week. And until then, you know the words. Say them with me. Stay slutty.